The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Let's get to our guest. It's John Vale, Chief Global Strategist at Nico Asset Management. So this is a very tough climate here that we're in, John. Uh, you know, we we like to sort of just think of um, getting out the uh, the umbrella and just hiding out while the rain does its thing. Um, what kind of strategy are you employing, given this new sort of hawkish turn by the Fed? Well, to be honest, I'm not bragging, but we actually predicted that uh, that would be more hawkish than consensus. And uh, we thought that equities would rally, but they rallied a lot more than we thought they would. So we're actually quite content to um, be sort of neutral at this point with slightly cautious outlook for equities. Uh, for the time being, uh, they probably got ahead of themselves, it looks like. Well, that's it at the moment. And, you know, the point is, what are they actually pricing in? Because that's been questioned. Well, um, good point. I mean, the market, uh, at least in my experience over the many years, has been uh, that uh, my experience has been that uh, the market really doesn't pay attention to the Fed until the chairman says it. And there were lots of hawkish commentators out there uh, warning the market, and they didn't pay heed to it. Um, but now I think they really realize now, since Powell said it so firmly, that the market's not going to be cutting rates uh, next year at all. In fact, it'll be probably hiking them next year. We were just chatting with Eric Balchunas, uh, our ETF specialist at Bloomberg Intelligence, and, and he was drawing some comments uh, about the way people look at inflation, and this was quoted to our uh, Ira Jersey, uh, it, it's still year on year. And so even if you get kind of a month-on-month -month, uh, pullback in inflation, that it may not be enough to actually encourage investors that the Fed will follow suit. Your thoughts on that level? Uh, I think the Fed is looking at shorter-term changes. I think it is looking at the six-month uh, uh, annualized rate, and that's already calmed down quite a bit, um, but it's still got quite a ways to go till it hits uh, 2%. It probably won't be well into next year until it gets down to, say, 2% on a six-month rate. And I think the Fed will start talking about that more. Um, and there's but John, do you think the market, like, will the market take heart if they see uh, several month-on-month -month declines, or do we really have to wait until we get year-on-year -year declines? Uh, that's kind of the question. Oh, that's uh, another good point. Yes, the market will probably be quite uh, assuaged, although they realize that the Fed won't be happy with just one or two months. But yeah, a couple of very good prints on CPI uh, would be very heartening uh, for the market. And I think, in fact, Friday's uh, move would have been a lot worse in equities and certainly in bonds if the PCE deflator hadn't been under such uh, great control and the University of Michigan five to 10 year survey hadn't ticked down to 2.9% uh, for the five to 10 year um, forecast. Yeah, this is uh, just it, isn't it? So, I mean, where does one then 
ultimately look for value and you know how does your has your outlook changed has your strategy changed uh no not too much actually since we met in last uh june um things are going uh you know relatively close to plan other than the fact that uh, equities went much further up than we expected I think the Fed is also quite happy to see the market going sideways. Uh, you know, they talk about financial conditions and, and how they want it to be uh, tighter. And that basically means they want the stock market to be under control. And um, I don't think they target it so much, but it seems like they're paying a lot of attention to it. John, the bond market seemed to approach this with, you know, we, we got what we knew was there, the, the, you know, that the chairman was probably slightly misinterpreted at the previous meeting in July, and, and this is where we knew he was. Uh, the stock market, on the other hand, fell out of bed. Uh, which one do you think is more correct? Well, there's always this interplay between stocks and bonds that's uh, kind of impossible to analyze fully. But I think the bond market would have fallen a lot more um, uh, if it was, wasn't for the stock market uh, falling quite a, a lot. I mean, the bond market might be thinking that, you know, the Fed's going to push the economy into a recession, and that would tend to uh, keep bond yields down. John, one of the interesting headlines really from the weekend is that Sichuan has now restored most of its industrial power after a two-week crisis. And I wanted to ask you about China and Japan, two places where you don't see hawkish central banks at the moment. Um, of course, we've highlighted a lot about China's difficulties. Does Japan look slightly more attractive to you now than maybe it did before? Well, it certainly does look relatively attractive, especially relative to Europe. Um, the States is always uh, sort of the primary market, but Japan has very low valuations. It's been slow to come out of its uh, uh, COVID sort of state. Tourism looks like it's about ready to, to boom again as soon as they sort of open the doors more fully. So things look actually pretty decent for, for Japan, although, of course, it's not uh, um, unaffected by what's happening in the rest of the world. Yeah, the other thing is, I mean, with uh, the uh, yen being absolutely battered this year, you could also, perhaps, if you believe that the yen may make a comeback, certainly make it on the currency, too. Well, we're not confident about the yen making much of a comeback, uh, but we think it could stabilize, in which case uh, you'd be investing in Japan at a point where the currency is already depreciated and you wouldn't lose any money going forward, but you still get the benefit in terms of corporate profit growth from the preceding yen uh, depreciation. And that's what's happening right now. Corporate profits in Japan are still hanging in there quite uh, well uh, in terms of the forward 12-month earnings, whereas in Europe and, well, especially in the States, they're falling uh, quite a bit. Yeah, the, the problem, I suppose, with Japan, one big problem is that its companies uh, really do feed into the sort of mechanized, mechanized universe of companies around the world, and slowing global growth can't be good for the thinking that Japan is like a call warrant on, on strong global growth. Um, and and there, isn't, there isn't as much domestic consumption in Japan as, let's say, a bull would like. Yeah, it's a pretty slow domestic consumption market here, um, you know, overall. Um, but now it's still s coming back, especially the auto sector, um, which globally, to 
to a large extent, will be um, rebounding quite a bit uh, as uh, the chip shortages uh, wane. And so Japan's going to benefit from that especially uh, much, not, not only their domestic sales, but also their, their exports. Um, but you're right, you know, Japan is definitely not immune to what's happening to the rest of the world. Uh, you know, there's often uh, talk, you know, will Japan come back, find its mojo? Uh, you know, the thing, it, it, it's had so many false dawns, hasn't it? And you, you know, you've got to be really quite a risk taker to say this time it's real. I love your term, mojo. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard the term Japanese mojo for quite a while. <laughs> and uh, I don't think it, it might not get back its mojo ever. I don't know. But uh, certainly the spirits here are, are fairly, uh, you know, reasonably good. And um, nobody gets overexcited in Japan about the future. That's been whipped out of them. Yeah, why do you think we have Rishon? You know, he's very colorful. Um, he is. It's great. What, what about China? Let's let's try to dissect where there might be opportunities there. Um, obviously, a lot of issues. Uh, can you see past them? Well, it is tough, and it's not my uh, specialty market. I tend to cover developed markets, but we obviously, uh, even in my uh, bailiwick, we have to cover China because it is so important, um, and. Certainly, the market there has held up reasonably well. It, it, it didn't spike like the rest of the the world, so it's not uh, vulnerable um, to a large extent, and it's not as correlated with what happens to the uh, the developed markets, especially the U.S. markets. So it can tend to provide some uh, uh, anti uh, zero correlation sort of benefits for global diversification. Uh, corporate profits there, you know, it, it's a tough call. I mean, they're, they're facing so many issues right now, some of their own making, some of them not. And uh, it certainly doesn't look very uh, bright there for the coming quarters in terms of the macro view. Um, consumption's probably going to be quite muted because people, I think, there are really quite concerned, especially about the, the value of their home, uh, which is like 70 or 80 percent of personal savings or something like that in China. So there's some wealth effect there that's going to be negative. Uh, overall, it's it's a it's a you know pretty worrisome situation, although not a a, a dire one, I guess I'd say. Um, very quickly, John, as well. Okay, you know, as you look, I want to just get back to the uh, the yen. And is the yen just being battered because of speculation? Or is where the yen is right now, of course, partly down to where the dollar is, but also perhaps a reflection of Japanese economic fundamentals? Well, those are all tied in together, aren't they? Yes. I mean, Japan's uh, growth is quite slow, so interest rates tend to be quite slow relative to the dollar. If the, if the interest rates on 10-year on treasuries and the Fed funds rate uh, rise, it, it does put pressure on capital flows, there's no doubt. It's, uh, they're all connected, to be honest. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. John Vale there, uh, Chief Global Strategist uh, at Nikko Asset Management, getting his take on uh, what's going on market-wise in the wake of uh, uh, Chairman Jay Powell's speech at Jackson Hole on Friday. This is Bloomberg. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.